Welcome to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. It's your favorite mic recording your favorite podcast. So glad you all are here with me today. First things first, I have to say it. Avengers Endgame is the best movie I've ever seen. I want to shout out to Marvel and Disney and the directors and the people who wrote this stuff for taking me through 23 movies, 11 years of greatness. I have never in my life watched a movie that had me so emotionally up and emotionally down. Um, I won't spoil it for you all because apparently, you know, people really get upset when they, you know, people don't wait three weeks to go, uh, people wait three weeks to go see a movie and don't want nobody on social media to spoil it. And I said, I'd give people till Monday and today's Sunday, so I won't spoil it. I would just say that that was three hours and one minute of absolute greatness. Um, shout out to anybody that participated in those movies because that was fantastically awesome. The child in me is very, very happy. Um, one of these weekends, I'm going to sit down and watch every single movie from start to finish just so I can relive it all again. But enough about that because I'll sit here and talk about that movie the whole podcast. Um, we got some things to get to today. The NFL draft was um, this week. I feel sorry for the NFL and their ratings because um, they've had the NFL draft two years in a row now on opening night of Avengers movies on Infinity War and then now Avengers Endgame. So I haven't watched the NFL draft the last two years. I just kind of kept up with it on my phone and looked who was going where um, and, you know, all of that. Um, So with that being said, uh, I got to see some of my favorite players from college drafted. there was some controversy with the New York Giants. Um, we're definitely going to get into that because I got a real strong take on it. It's already been said, but it's something that needs to be said again. Um, so let's just get into it. So honestly, like I said, I didn't watch the draft. I just kept up with the picks. Of course, I kept up with my Titans um, looking to see who they was drafting. Um, I'll start with them. I like their draft. I know we went, we're trying to get younger on defense in certain positions. Uh, we drafted a defensive tackle out of Mississippi state, um, who has top five, top five pick NFL talent. Um, my only concerns is one, he tours ACL in February. So I doubt he's going to be much of a contributor his first year in the league. Um, if it is probably won't be till late. Um, we drafted um, a wide receiver in the second round from Ole Miss, who was the number one receiver in Ole Miss history. So I will give him credit for that. Marcus Mariota do need does need some more weapons, and this is a contract year for him. So this will determine whether or not we, you know, give him big money or if we decide to go in a different direction. Truth be told, um, I hope we go in a different direction. I'm not really big on Marcus Mariota. Um, it's year five, and I still haven't seen the the leap that I would need to see. It don't have to be like no Aaron Rodgers kind of leap, but I'm hoping at least for like maybe a, like a Matt Ryan kind of leap or something where at least I can expect him to come out and put up big numbers and put us in a position to win. Haven't seen that yet. Um, the rest of the picks um, look like more so like projects. Um, DeAndre Walker from Georgia looks like a project. I was never really big on him in college, having watched Georgia a few times. He never jumped off the screen at me. You know, he was a starter, but, 
you know, for me, it's one thing that that is a few things that that me and Skip Bayless from Undisputed agree about. One is, you know, when it comes to drafting players um, and looking at like who can make it to play on Sundays. A lot of times for me, you have to pop off my screen. Like you have to, you know, I, I don't necessarily have to be looking for you, but I need to see it. Like, oh, who is that? Let me let, who, let me let me let me get his information so I can watch some more of his games or watch him or watch some of his tape. Um, so DeAndre Walker didn't really do it for me. So hopefully he turns out to be something because he played in the SEC, played up under Kirby Smart, who's a great defensive mind. So. We'll see. So, you know, I'm I'm okay with their draft. Um, it, you know, wasn't the most exciting draft. We only had six picks. So hopefully, uh, you know, those picks will turn into stars and we can get back to the playoffs and get back to doing Titan things. Um, honestly, I think I I think the best the team that had the best draft, in my opinion, um probably gonna shock some people with this one. I'm going to have to go with the Washington Redskins, to be true, truth be told. So, um, of course, I'm going to get to it in a little bit, but they did draft Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, the quarterback, a lot of controversy around that. But because they had two first-round picks, they also were able to draft Montez Sweat from Mississippi, Mississippi State. And when the draft stuff started, Montez Sweat was looking like a top-five pick um, but because he has a heart issue to where, you know, they did the test and everything, he's fine. But, you know, of course, in, in, in the NFL, you can have one bad interview and they'll drop you off their board completely. That's how sensitive these people are. Um, but because of that heart issue, you know, a lot of teams took him off their draft board. Some teams still had him in the top 10. Um, I know Mel Kuyper had him uh, top 12 on his board. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Todd McShay had him top seven, top eight, something like that. Um, but they were able to get him at the 26th overall pick um, in the first round. So that's great value for a player of that caliber. So they're showing up their defensive line. They also were able to get uh, Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. I don't know if you guys know, but the wide receivers from Ohio State, Ohio State, excuse me, were all running sub four threes. Now, four three in football is fast. Um, depending on whether or not they can run the route tree is one thing, but I do know that, um, because Dwayne Haskins is from Ohio state and so is Terry McLaurin, there's some familiarity there. And I do know that a lot of, uh, Ohio state's playbook is a lot of bubble screens, a lot of short routes to get the ball quickly to the receivers and let them do their work to which they were doing. And if you have four, three speed and you're able to get in the open field in the NFL, Mm, chances are you're going to get a lot of yards or, you know, you had a potential to take it to the house every time. Um, They also drafted in the fourth round Bryce Love. Uh, Bryce Love is a very productive uh, college running back. He probably should have came out last year, um, but he decided to stay another year. And, of course, as it happens in any sport, I think once your draft status gets to as high as it's going to go, that's probably your time to leave. He came back for another year. That's probably why he was drafted in the fourth round. And then another part of that is his production went down, and then he did get hurt um, 
you know, um, he tore his ACL. I think it was in December that he tore it. So hopefully he can recover from that. But Bryce Love is a solid running back, good vision. He can block out the backfield. He can catch out the backfield. Um, he has good speed, you know, getting north and south. You know, he's not like a burner or anything. But um, I think he'll do good in the NFL. Um, so hopefully, you know, he can recover from the ACL and get on the field. Um, the rest of the picks – um, two guards, an outside linebacker, another wide receiver from NC State, uh, a cornerback from James Madison, and a defensive end from Oklahoma State. Um, they got a lot of picks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, ten picks, um, two first rounds, a third round, two fours, two fives, one six, and two seven, two seven, uh, seventh round picks. So, I think that the Redskins have shored up a lot of their needs. So, Hopefully that can all translate, and I think they have had a great draft um, this year. Um, I think as far as players go, I think the top three players in the draft for me um, were Ed Oliver from Houston. Ed Oliver definitely reminds me of Aaron Donald, except um, – I think Ed Oliver is a little bit more disruptive than than Aaron Donald, and and we all know what Aaron Donald is, so that's saying something. Um, Ed Oliver has been jumping off my screen for three whole years, um, and I've watched him single-handedly dominate games by himself as a defensive tackle, so that's how good he was to me. Um, the other two players that I just fell in love with are Devin White from uh, LSU and then Devin Bush from Michigan. So let's get to Devin Bush first. Um, Devin Bush is a side-to-side linebacker. He can come downhill and he will thump you, and he has great coverage skills for a man of his size. The thing that vaulted him up draft boards is the fact that he came to the NFL Combine and ran a 4-3 or a 4-4-3-40. Um, that is fast for a man of his size and a man of his position, which is what the NFL is turning into, so that's why he was so coveted. The reason why I love where he got drafted is because he got drafted by the Steelers, and we do know what great history the Steelers have with linebackers from or defensive players in general, from Joey Porter to Troy Palomalu to God knows how many other people I can name. But um, I think he went to the right team. Um, they're probably going to have him. Now, he's not Ryan Shazier. He's not. You know, I definitely hope that Ryan Shazier continues to get better. You know, it was a crazy thing to see, but it was good to see him walk in. And I did see the video uh, last month of him doing the box jump. So I definitely hope that he gets better. Um, But Devin Bush, um, like I said, he can play from sideline to sideline. He's violent. He's very, very instinctive, and he's very disciplined at the point of attack. One thing about NFL teams and NFL play is the game is faster, and to be a linebacker, you know, you got to be able to cover out in space. And when you're running to somebody that's in space, of course, with the way stuff is today, you know, a couple moves and you on Sports Center top 10. Um, but Devin Bush is very, very uh, disciplined in his, his play. So I definitely hope, you know, big things happen for him um, there in Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh's draft was um, so-so. Uh, a lot of the guys that they drafted didn't really stand out to me outside of Devin Bush. Uh, Benny Snell Jr. in the fourth round is a good pickup. He's a running back from Kentucky. Um, I think he'll do good in the league. He's probably going to be coming off the bench behind James Conner. But my thing with running backs is if you play in college for four years, 
Um, you know, all that wear and tear, especially for a team like Kentucky, who doesn't get all of the best recruits. So he probably got more miles on him than than what's what's needed. But I definitely hope that he'll do big things there in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a whole different look because they don't have Antonio Brown now. Juju Smith-Schuster is the number one option. So hopefully um, they can do some big things. And um, Justin Lane from Michigan State, watched him a few times. Um He's a good corner, solid. Um, he may come in and start, but I know from my time in watching the Steelers, um, it seems like they've always had a great front seven and always had a great safety, but I've never been infatuated with Pittsburgh Steelers corners, so hopefully he might be able to break that mold. Um, but that's just me. I'm sure my pops and my boy Tim uh, would disagree with me, but that's just what I've seen from my time of watching the NFL. Um. My other favorite draft pick or team drafting, um, and I'm going to say this. And remember, I, y'all, I did that podcast midweek because I was so in shock of what was going on. But I honestly think, on paper, the Cleveland Browns in a year in offseason, two offseasons now, have become one of the most talented teams in the NFL. So y'all remember they traded for Odell Beckham Jr. and they got him. So now they have Odell Beckham Jr. They have Landry uh uh Lord Jesus. Not Landry Jones. I can't even think of my man's last name. Landry something. Excuse me, y'all. I, I drew a blank there. Um, but they got him. He's a wide receiver. They got David Njoku, who's a tight end. They've got Nick Chubb uh as a running back. They have Duke Johnson as a running back. They also have Kareem Hunt, who has to, you know, sit out for eight games, but they have him. They got their quarterback at Baker Mayfield, so who I hope don't hit the sophomore slump. But um, if he continues to progress, they've got a, a real solid offense. Um, they drafted Denzel Ward uh, fourth overall last year, and he's already looking like a top corner. He's over here shutting down, you know, a side of the field. Um, they've got good linebackers. They've got a great defensive front with um, oh, with Miles Garrett setting the edge there. Um, and then what they went out and did this year was, of course, they're playing in the AFC North where we know the Pittsburgh can put up points. Um, Cincinnati's liable to go off at any time with A.J. Green. Um, and the Ravens look to, you know, try to improve on their offense. We know that they're a running offense, but they did draft Hollywood Brown to a pair with Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson is a threat to score from anywhere on the field, even from the quarterback position. Uh, Marquise Brown has, um, as a commentator once said about Chris Johnson, a.k.a. CJ2K, um, Marquise Brown, a.k.a. Hollywood Brown, has getting away from the cop speed. That's how fast he is. Um, that's no shade or anything. That was just a funny statement that I heard. Um, so from Gus Johnson, that's his name. That's the commentator's name. But uh, So Cleveland drafted what I think was the best corner in college football in Greedy Williams. Um, I know that DeAndre Baker down there at Georgia – was good, but Greedy Williams, man, that's a bad boy. Now, it's crazy that he fell all the way to the second round, um, but, of course, there was some concerns about his tackling, but, you know, I think that you can shore that up with, you know, good coaching. But Greedy Williams is one hell of a corner, so to pair him opposite of Denzel Ward, now you got two corners 
to, you know, hold up. And with that front seven, now you, you know, possibly getting covered sacks. Now you can kind of sell out to stop the run because, you know, that your secondary can hold up in the pass. So that'll make, you know, good for them. So I do think the Cleveland Browns might take the step this year. Um, they also drafted Mac Wilson from Alabama, who's an inside linebacker. And I don't know about y'all, but I trust Nick Saban's defensive players um, more than anything. Uh, well, I take that back. I trust his defensive line and linebackers. I don't trust any secondary player from Alabama because none of them have panned out to be what they were supposed to be. Um, so hopefully Matt Wilson can come in as an inside linebacker and, and improve on that. So I expect the Browns to be, you know, the talk of the league for the whole year. But um, those are just my observations from what I saw. Um, but let's get to the crux of, of the controversy that happened on the NFL draft. And, oh, real quickly, um, shout out to Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. He can go into any kids, any defensive lineman in the country's home with his parents and tell him, hey, you come to Clemson, you're going to get drafted in the first round. Y'all realize that Clemson had three defensive, line, three defensive linemen drafted in the top 17 picks? Three? That's insane. But, anyways, back to this controversy. So, the talk – after the first day of the draft was the New York Giants with the sixth overall pick drafted Daniel Jones from Duke University as their quarterback. When this whole entire time it was speculated and everything that Dwayne Haskins, the one I was talking about earlier, was going to end up with the Giants. And, of course, the questions are, well, Daniel Jones, who is Daniel Jones? Where did he come from? I'll tell you who Daniel Jones is. Daniel Jones is a quarterback. Um, he went to Duke. And if you know anything about college football, you know that Duke college football is not it. Duke college football is terrible. The only thing going for Daniel Jones is the fact that the GM of the Giants fell in love with him and the fact that his head coach is David Cutcliffe. Now, for those who do not know who David Cutcliffe is, David Cutcliffe was the offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning at Tennessee when uh, Peyton was in college for all four years, and he was also the head coach for Eli Manning while he was at Ole Miss. So that's his claim to fame that he coached the Mannings, and you know we all know that the the Mannings are like NFL royalty; they're like the first family, if you want to call it that. But um, <clears throat> my problem with the pick is. Chris Carter said this on First Things First, and I absolutely agree with him. This has been talked about for years. But there is a stigma against black quarterbacks that come into the NFL. And what I mean by that is y'all ever noticed that when a black quarterback comes into the league, if that quarterback is a fast quarterback who can run and, you know, he's got a decent completion percentage, but he's not, you know, a complete quarterback. The first thing out of scout's mouth is, oh, he should probably convert to be a wide receiver because he's not going to make it in the NFL. When on the same token, a white quarterback who has the same issues, they'll say, oh, that's going to be a project. You know, he might be a multi-year starter if you give him the right coaching. Unacceptable especially in this day and age. So the reason why this is such a controversy is because I'm just going to now stats aren't everything, but stats play a big part in it. So Daniel Jones in college played 36 games. He had a 59.9 completion percentage. 
He threw for 8,201 yards. He had 52 passing touchdowns, 29 interceptions, 36 games. That's probably about three years of him starting. Um, And nobody knew who he was until this year. And in his last college game, official regular season college game, he played Wake Forest and they lost 59 to 7. Just saying. Now, Dwayne Haskins, this was his first year starting while he picked up, you know, he had some mop-up duty in seasons before, but this was his first full year starting. So for his career, Daniel, or not, excuse me, not Daniel, Dwayne Haskins played 22 games. He started all of this past year. He had a 70% completion percentage. He passed for 5,396 yards, most of that which was this year. He threw for 54 touchdowns. 52 of those, which was this year, and he's only thrown nine interceptions, seven of those, which was this year. So you tell me in what world is Daniel Jones better than Dwayne Haskins? And this is how I know that the GM of the Giants is a complete high-functioning retard because he said that he fell in love with Daniel Jones at the Senior Bowl. Now, No shade to any player that's played in the Senior Bowl and, you know, gone on to have a great NFL career. It's a good showcase. But the Senior Bowl are for players who need to be evaluated more than their first-round counterparts. And Daniel Jones didn't even start the Senior Bowl. He was the backup quarterback who started in the second half against the other backups. He was 8 of 11 for 115 yards, and he threw a touchdown. Whoop-tee-damn-doo. So... All the pressure in the world is now on this kid, and the the uh, GM from the Giants is now stating, well, we hope that we can sit him for three years behind Eli Manning, like with the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre thing. First of all, Eli Manning ain't Brett Favre, not even close, and Daniel Jones ain't Aaron Rodgers, not even close. Um, I don't think they have three years because Eli Manning sucks. He's sucked for like the last four years, but they're holding on for dear hope in New York. I feel sorry for Saquon Barkley because I love Saquon, but man, oh, man, man, oh, man, do I feel bad for you. So, like I said, Chris Carter said that black quarterbacks have this stigma against them, and he's absolutely right. Look at all the black quarterbacks over the years who people question every single little thing about them. Cam Newton, uh, RG3, uh, I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray's going to start to get, well, they already tried to get Kyler Murray uh, just because he had a bad interview and he's not the best at film study. So they're knocking him down for that. They told Lamar Jackson he should have been a wide receiver. Um, One of the most egregious ones to me because I'm a Titans fan and he's one of my favorite players to ever watch was Vince Young. Uh, Jeff Fisher, the head coach at the, at the time didn't want to draft him, but they drafted him anyway. And then when it was time for the Titans and Vince Young to kind of split and go their separate ways, what did Jeff Fisher do? Jeff Fisher basically, you know, put out the report on him saying he's crazy. He's lazy, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And all because they didn't get along. Now, you know, people was looking at Vince like, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. But yet Vince Young, out of the three quarterbacks drafted in 2006, Vince Young, Jay Cutler, and Matt Leiner, he was the only one to go to the pro. Well, he went to two Pro Bowls. He was the rookie of the year, and he went to the playoffs twice. I think Jay Cutler's been to the playoffs three times in his entire career, and he's played twice as long as Vince Young. Matt Leiner was trash. So that's what I'm saying. Black quarterbacks get it the worst because, you know, 
that black stigma with these old slave owners as LeBron James called them. So I hope Dwayne Haskins comes out here and shows them that he ain't no joke. And if Daniel Jones falls flat on his face, we know why. And the fact that they're in the same division and got to play each other two years, two times out the year. Oh my God. Um, what else happened this weekend? Oh, just real quickly, I'm gonna give you some highlights from Daniel Jones' college career. As I said earlier, lost 59 to seven to Wake Forest in his final regular season game um, against Virginia, um, a team in the ACC. He threw two touchdowns and nine picks. Um. He threw for one interception, no touchdowns, with a quarterback rating of 19 during a loss to a 1-11 Baylor team, and he was the 81st-ranked quarterback in yards per attempt. So that means that he was dinking and dunking down the field and his wide receivers weren't getting anything. So that means he's throwing like little slants or he's throwing little bubble screens and they're getting two to three yards you know, per, per attempt. So that tells you what was going on with Daniel Jones, but yet he was drafted first overall, the first quarterback overall or second quarterback off the board and drafted at six. Crazy when your team was trash all throughout college. But what do I know? Um, But that's all I got for the NFL coverage of what was going on this week. Like I said, um, my apologies, but my thoughts were more on Avengers than it was the NFL draft um, because, you know, the Avengers have been a part of my life since 2008, and I was in college then. So, like I said, 11 years of greatness. I was here for it. Um, So in the next segment, we're just going to get to a few quick hitters about the NBA playoffs, and I'm about to go in again on Russell Westbrook and Paul George um, because people don't agree. Well, some people do, some people don't, um, but I just feel the way I feel. And then I'll get into some predictions about what's going on in the second round. Um, And if anything else that I can think of comes up before we take this break, then I'll talk about that too. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors with Clutch Time uh, with Mike on the mic. We'll be right back. First down to 10, Johnson. Gets a shot, he's got Watch out! He's got getting away from the pop speed. Touchdown! Touchdown! 52 yards! There was nobody there. Hall gets the gets the outside linebacker down, and it's off to the races. And just like we saw Maurice Jones-Drew get away, Chris Johnson does the same thing. Chris Johnson, 16 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Extra point is up. And go. Okay, welcome back to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. With your favorite mic and you listen to your favorite podcast, um, that clip you just heard was what I was talking about with Gus Johnson saying Chris Johnson, hey, getting away from the cop speed. That was always funny to me because um, I love Gus Johnson. But um, like I said, some quick hitters. Um, uh, the second round of the playoffs has started. I want to give a big, big shout out to the Denver Nuggets for beating the Spurs in a game seven last night. DeMar DeRozan was DeMar DeRozan last night looking like a bum um, when it mattered the most. Um, a shout out to them. It's been 10 years since they won a first round matchup. So I'm glad that they were able to make it to the second round. Um, shout out to the Clippers for giving 
the Warriors all that they wanted um, in six games. You know, they lost the other night, but shout out to them. Um, as far as second-round matchups go, I well, Toronto's already beat Philly once, but I, I'm going with Toronto in six. Um, I think they'll beat Toronto. I think Kawhi Leonard's just too much. You know, Ben Simmons not having a reliable jumper just scares me, and Joel Embiid has to go off for them to be successful. Um, so, yeah, I got I got Toronto in six. Um, the Bucks and the Celtics start today. I got the Bucks in seven. Um, I don't think that the Celtics have anything for Kyrie or for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, while Kyrie is a is a superstar in this league and he's a proven winner, um, I don't think it can just be him. And the Bucks are just have too much length and they're too good of a defensive team for Kyrie just to get off every single game. Um, you're not going to stop Kyrie, um, but I think you can kind of hold him in check a little bit. So I don't, I don't, but and honestly, I don't think that the Celtics have any player on their squad that can handle Giannis. Um, so I got down, I got it still going seven, um, but the Bucks would be too much for at a, uh, in a game seven at home. Um, on the Western side of things, honestly, I think that the Blazers and the Nuggets, it's a toss-up for me, but I'm going to have to go with the Blazers because they're more experienced, and I think it's a good matchup for them. Um, I think they like to run as much as the Nuggets do, um, and I think that they can – I think they'll be able to hold Jokic in check, um, but – We'll see. Um, I think the Blazers, I think that'll be another seven-game series. Um, but I've got too much faith in Damian Lillard in a game seven, more than I do anybody on the Nuggets. So I'm going to go with the with the Trail Blazers. Um, the Rockets and the Warriors. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to hope that James Harden can be what he's supposed to be. And I'm going to say the Rockets in seven. I don't think that you're going to beat the the Warriors in anything less than seven. Um, I know Katie been going off, but that's expected. He's supposed to go off if he's the so-called best player in the world. Um, and I think, honestly, if the Warriors play like they did against the Rockets, like they did against the Clippers, they're going to go home. Um, and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are already saying that they're questionable for game one. Um, so who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Rockets in seven. I hope James Harden don't have me out here looking stupid. Um, so yeah, I, the, the, the finals, Western conference finals, Eastern conference finals. I see the trailblazers against the Rockets. And then I see the Bucks versus the Raptors and I could see the Bucks versus the Rockets in the finals. And I could see the Bucks winning um, the NBA Finals. That's that's how I see it now. Um, I'm, I might be wrong. Probably am wrong. Um, but we'll see. The interesting games. Interesting games. Now, let's let's get to this argument that I've been having all week. Um, so, for anybody who doesn't know, the first round matchup was OKC versus the Trailblazers, and. Russell Westbrook had said in the game earlier that he'd been busting Damian Lillard ass for years. That's what he said. You know, we saw it on TV, all of that. 
And lo and behold, here we are going into the second round. And if y'all notice, I didn't say anything about OKC because they lost. So my whole thing is I said after that series was over, and I said last week on the podcast, that if the Thunder lose, I'm no longer going to call Russell Westbrook a superstar. Now, some people agree with me. Some people don't. And for those that don't, let me clarify what I mean. So I heard a long time ago on first take when I used to watch it religiously when it was Stephen A. and Skip. Stephen A. says that to be a superstar in this league, you got to have the skills, you got to have the talent, all this, that, and the third. And you got to be able, you got to be box office for you to be considered a superstar in Stephen A's book. Now, Russell Westbrook has all the talent in the world. He is a one hell of a player, the triple-double king, and he is box office to see. You know, people pay. He sells out arenas everywhere he goes. But on the flip side of that, again, I don't agree with Skip Bayless on a lot, but this one I do. If you want to be con- continuously called a superstar in this league, postseason success matters regardless of the circumstance. And I know people love to say, well, it's Russ. The first year it was just Russ. These last two years it was Russ and at least Paul George. Last year it was Russ, Paul George, and Melo. Um, You cannot lose in the first round three years in a row. And the reason why you can't do that and me still call you a superstar is it would be different if Russ hadn't been a top 10 player in the league for years now, it would be different if Russ hadn't won a regular season MVP. It would be different if Russ wasn't averaging a triple-double for three seasons straight. It would be different if Russ wasn't a perennial all-star. It would be different if Russ wasn't one of the faces of the league and Russ wasn't one of the the best players we've ever seen do it. it. It would be different, but it's not. Russ is all those things that I just said. And for him to be the face of a franchise and to be the face of the NBA or one of the faces of the NBA, how in the world do you lose to the Trailblazers four games to one? Huh? I just want to know. I just want to know. And so Paul George, um, nobody wants to hear your excuses at the end of a game. Yes, it it probably was a bad shot. But Dame Lillard for that series, or I think for just that game, as a matter of fact, was four of six from 30-plus feet shooting. So that 37-foot jumper that he hit in your grill to win the series, um, call it a bad shot. I just call it him being in the zone and sending y'all to the crib. That's that's what it was to me. That was a cold-blooded three-point shot in your face for the series. Shout out to Dame Lillard. So another thing, people will ask me, well, how come James Harden's superstar status isn't in question? The lies that y'all tell. Y'all know I've been on James Harden for like the last three years. Killing him. Now, he just won the MVP last year, and he made the Western Conference Finals. This year, he's in the Western Conference semi or the, the semifinals um, for the Western Conference, and, you know, he's going up against the Warriors. But the thing is, James Harden is making it past the first round. 
I think since James Harden has come to the Rockets, I think they lost in the first round twice. Every other year after that, they've been at least in the second round. And I think this would, if he they make it this year, this would be his third Western Conference Finals. So it's not like, you know, he's not making it past the first round. It's just the way he's losing. But at least he's making it past the first round. Um, I don't know what, what, I mean, the comparison between him and Russ they're both great regular season players, and James is flaming out in the playoffs horribly, but he's not doing it in the first round. Russ is losing in the first round three years straight now, and it, the way it's looking, they've got all this money tied up in the three players. I don't see how much they can change their team and make it past the first round. So they lose in the first round again next year, then what y'all going to say? Hmm? I, I don't get it. I've seen a lot of players be on teams by themselves and make it past the first round of the playoffs. And I hold these superstars to such high standards because y'all know LeBron is my favorite player in basketball. And he went to eight straight finals, nine overall, and he's never lost in the first round ever. Even in Cleveland the first time when it was just him. I can go off. This is how much I know LeBron James. First two years didn't make the playoffs. Third year in the league, they beat the Wizards uh, in six games. They lost in seven games in the second round to the Pistons. The next year in the playoffs, he had that game five 48 special where he scored 25 straight, 29 in the last 30, ended up going to the NBA Finals. The year after that, lost in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Boston Celtics. The year after that, they lost to the Orlando Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals in six games. The Well, the year before that, going back to that Celtics series, that was the series Excuse me. The he dropped forty seven in game seven, and Paul Pierce dropped forty five. They had that epic duel, whatever you know, whatever the points were. But uh, lost in seven games, and then they lost to Orlando, and then the next year they lost in the second round to the uh, to the Celtics. You know, again. But he was going past the first round. And then we know after that he went to the finals eight straight years, three titles, and then they didn't make the playoffs this year. So. He's making it past the first round. When Kevin Durant was with OKC, Russ was having the time of his life. Western Conference Finals, NBA Finals. Now that you're the face of the franchise and you're the number one option on the team, losing in the first round. Sorry, brother. You're not a superstar. You're catching all this flack because you're the face of that franchise. So to me, Russ, you are now just a star in the league. A regular season, great. You're like the Peyton Manning of the NBA. Put up all these numbers, stuff in the stat sheet. It's not produced, it's not leading the wins. If it's not leading the wins, then what good are you? Sorry. I mean, y'all can disagree how you want to, but facts is facts. Facts is facts. You got to be getting past the first round. Postseason success matters. It does. In any sport. And if I'm judging you against the greats of the game, sorry, Russ. You 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 still a top five point guard, but you're fifth. Steph, Harden, Kyrie, Dame Lillard. Like you're starting to fall into the lower tiers of point guards because you're not producing in the in the playoffs. I'm sorry. You're just not. So we can revisit this at another time, maybe next year if they make it past the first round. But if they don't make it past the first round again next year, 
I'm gonna be saying the same thing. You got to produce in the playoffs. If you don't, you don't have any claim to fame because people aren't gonna remember you. They're not gonna remember. Oh, I mean, years from now we're gonna remember that Russ, you know, averaged three triple doubles, you know, in a row, seasons in a row. But nobody's gonna remember what he did in the playoffs. They just ain't. They're not. That's not what you was known for. You was known for being a regular season star, just like Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley had some playoff success, but, you know, people remember Charles Barkley as one hell of a player and a player that never won, and that's about as far as it goes. Carl Malone, a great player that never won. People don't even acknowledge that Carl Malone is the second all-time leading scorer in NBA history. So that goes to show you that if you ain't got no postseason success or you're not holding up your end of the bargain. Now, Carl Malone had more postseason success than uh, a lot of other players. He went to the finals and they were always in contention, but he didn't win no ring. You don't never hear Carl Malone's name come up when we start talking about all-time great players. Um, You know, I heard Chris Broussard say that – Russell Westbrook is end up going to be an iconic and this, that, and the third. And he went so far as to compare him to Allen Iverson. Let's pause right there. Let's bring it back again. Me and Skip don't agree on a lot, but Skip came to Allen Iverson's rescue. And I totally agreed. Allen Iverson may have not won a championship, but Allen Iverson did win an MVP and Allen Iverson wasn't getting knocked out in the first round every single year. And Allen Iverson went to a finals with a team with no other stars on it. So, um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and kill that comparison. So, Russ said he's going to come back next year as a better shooter. Um, I don't believe it because Russ is 30 now. I think next year he'll be 31. You're more so on the end of on the back side of your career than you are the front side. Um, and truth be told, Russ, you probably should have been trying to become a better shooter years before this because your game is predicated on speed, athleticism, and getting to the rack. Once that leaves you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't blow past everybody forever. You know, you're not going to be able to jump. And there's going to be days where you're not going to have all the energy that you have. It's good now, but even the best of them, Father Time is undefeated. It is. It catches up with everybody. So, you know, hopefully Russ changes his game and he becomes better and he makes it past the first round. But until then, Russell Westbrook, you are a star. There's just two stars on your team, you and PG. So hopefully y'all can come back next year and do something good. But if not, you can stay in that star category. Um, if you don't agree with me, sorry. We just we got to agree to disagree. Um that's really all I got, y'all. I don't I don't have anything else for right now. Um nothing nothing really crazy is happening in the sports world, the, the sports world that I know of. Um outside of the draft and NBA playoffs, not much is going on. Um so we'll continue watching the NBA playoffs and um hopefully, you know, we get some historic games, stuff like that, because I need it. Um, like I said, the playoffs is weird not watching it with LeBron James. Probably going to go watch Avengers Endgame again and go cry again because that's how emotional it was. Um, but if you haven't seen the movie, please go see it. Um, 
If you haven't seen it and don't want it spoiled, stay off social media. Stay off social media because tomorrow I'm, I'm having full-blown conversations. Sorry. Y'all, y'all kiss my ass. <laughs> That's just how I feel about it. Um, but as always, I appreciate all the support, everybody listening, everybody shouting me out, wanting me to continue to do this. I appreciate it. I love all y'all. Um, it's been another episode of Clutch Time with Mike on the mic with your favorite mic. You're listening to your favorite podcast. And make sure y'all subscribe, rate, let me know how you like it. Let me know what you don't like. If you got topics you want me to talk about, by all means, I'm here to talk about it. Because I'll give my take on it. And uh, next week, I'm going to have a guest on the show. First one. So we'll definitely um, get that set up. And me and this individual will have a conversation, a little debate. Talk about some things. Um, get his insight. Give my insight. We're going to have a good time. So y'all enjoy the rest of y'all Sunday. Y'all have a good week. And in the words of my brother, Lamar Corman, don't be good, be great. This has been Clutch Time with Mike on the mic.